Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. Divorce Dialogues brings expert guests to the airways to talk through your divorce questions and fill in the gray areas about separating. From thinking about divorce, to how to behave during divorce, to what to do after, this is Divorce Dialogues. Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. I'm the founder at the Miller Law Group and director at the Center for Understanding in Conflict. And I am on a mission to change how people divorce and help them divorce with dignity. And my guest today is Tiffany Ann Beverlin. She is the founder and CEO of Dreams Recycled. After her own divorce, she was forced to recycle her life. She was repeatedly told that she was unemployable since she was out of the workforce for so long. After a fortuitous dream about problems selling her own engagement ring, she created a company for just that purpose. Dreams Recycled started as the only marketplace that specializes in selling goods from one's own divorce. Tiffany's also an author and a frequent guest on other shows. Welcome, Tiffany Ann Beverlin. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much, Catherine. So tell us your story. How did this start for you? What happened and how did you end up starting Dreams Recycled? It was actually, it was literally a dream I had. Um, I was going through a very, you know, long kind of drawn out divorce process, which I think many of your listeners can probably relate to. This is not an unusual thing in America to find yourself in that position. And during my divorce process, I was also applying for jobs and I thought, you know, okay, I have been a stay-at-home mom for 10, 11 years, but I had no idea because nobody tells you that it would be so difficult to get back into the workplace after such a long gap with your children. And so I'd, you know, been having hundreds of rejection letters, (laughs) which was obviously not a good thing on top of also getting divorced. (laughs) And I was just very, very stressed. And so I uh, I literally went to bed one night, I was so stressed, and I had a dream that I could not sell my engagement ring. And it was so frustrating in my dream, I was like, I'll just make a website to sell mine and everyone's and call it Dreams Recycled. And it was such a specific dream that I woke up in the morning and I actually started researching Uh, You know, is there anywhere like that? Has anyone else done that? Whether it was a good idea, whether it wasn't. And after asking a few friends and family members who seemed to think it was a good idea, I started my company 13 days later and kind of the rest is history. Did you sell your engagement ring? I have, yes. <laughs> well, you know, it's really your story, Tiffany, has so many pieces that I think many listeners could relate to. And and so one of them, of course, is being out of the workforce and committing your time and uh, to raising your children and then being in a position of needing to get a job or wanting to get a job and particularly wrapped up around divorce and either actually hearing that you've been out of the workforce so long that you are virtually unemployable or you have to start so low on the totem pole. It's like completely starting over or fearing that that's the case. And you, it sounds like what you did was you took all of those rejection letters and you started your own business. So how hard was it to do that? It was hard. I'm not going to lie. Being an entrepreneur is not for everyone. However, 
being in my situation, which is I had three children between the ages of six and 12. So between after school program, daycare and everything else, I was really kind of looking anyway for a job that, you know, whatever I did, I did not spend all my money in daycare because I had full custody of my children. So it was very difficult. And I think that a lot of people find themselves in this position, men or women, whoever ends up with custody of the children or primary custody, you can't just find a job. You have to really kind of look for a way to make your life work. So as hard as it was, I was pretty confident that what I was doing was good for my children and we would struggle through the first part to get to where I needed to go. And and I think that, you know, I'm not particularly brilliant or special. I think anyone can do it if they really have a will to do it. Yeah, I think that's probably true, but it's not just will, it's the willingness to do the work, right? Yeah. Because it's, when you yeah. start your own business, it's it's a lot of work. I mean, I think I'm going to mangle this sort of cute, jokey saying, but, you know, when you go out on your own, work for yourself, you work more hours for less money than you might have working for somebody else, but there was no other job for you, so you were really forced to do this, and it's worked out. Yeah, no, and like, necessity is sometimes yeah. what it takes. So, you know, and then the other piece is this idea of selling your engagement ring. I mean, an engagement ring, it's an interesting piece of property in the law, and it's an interesting mm-hmm. piece in the marital relationship, right? So oftentimes people will argue about the engagement ring as part of the divorce process, and yet it's one of the things that we learn in law school. One of the first things we learn in law school is that an engagement ring assuming it's given while both people are single with a promise of marriage and that that marriage happens, then it becomes the property of the recipient, you in this case, usually the bride, but that's, you know, maybe changing (laughs) historically and traditionally that's been the case, right? And then it's her property, but it represents somehow the relationship, right? And so you took this thing that was this gift, this promise of marriage, and you sold it as a way to help pay your bills, it sounds like. Is that right? Yes, I did. Yeah, I absolutely did. And in the process of figuring out that, And figuring out how awful most of these other places, you know, we started in 2013 and the only other places you could sell your rings or your wedding dresses or anything like that was really eBay or a pawn shop. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, historically, both of those don't pay you a lot for what it is. And so we kind of came up with the concept or I came up with the concept that then, you know, what is really good for you to let go is equally good for somebody who can save a lot of money on their dress that they only wear for four hours or their ring, which obviously loses a ridiculous amount of value as soon as you, you know, take out the jewelry shop. So I thought it was good for every, you know, everyone in that kind of chain. And I also felt that there's a big emotional release that comes with letting go of those physical objects. Exactly. That's the point I was trying to make is that, that, that there's like emotional resonance and that's tied up around that and letting go is, it, it's got to be really an incredibly freeing feeling. No, it is. And our users now, I mean, we've expanded to you can sell anything and everything from your bedroom set to 
photographs, or not photographs, but um, paintings to, you know, pretty much anything. Anything in your marital home you no longer want. And I feel like from, you know, talking to you and other attorney friends of mine, I think people are getting away from arguing so much over the sofa. I think people are starting to understand that all those things that you have and you're living in, all those things hold thoughts. And it's not necessarily emotionally healthy to be living in the relics and the ashes of your broken marriage or your last relationship while you're trying to move forward and build a happier ever after. This is Divorce Dialogues. I'm Catherine Miller. We're here on WVOX 1460 AM every other Wednesday from 5 to 5.30. And we're also available as a podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and all other podcast apps, as well as on the podcast website, divorcedialogues.com. And I'm talking today with Tiffany Ann Beverlin, the founder of Dreams Recycled, about selling the stuff, your engagement ring, and other possessions that you have during your marriage in order to free yourself and create some cash. And Tiffany, what are some things, what should people think about in terms of what to keep and what to just throw away? I think it's shifting. I really do. I feel like people are shifting away from hoarding just as a general thing, not just in divorce. So I feel like people are more willing to give up things and let things go. And really we're seeing a shift, you know, not just from the jewelry, which obviously if you get that for anniversaries and birthdays and, you know, weddings and stuff. I mean, your your next relationship, they don't want you to be wearing the jewelry or the watch or whatever it is from your ex-husband or wife. And so, so that's how it started. But now we're really seeing a shift to, people wanting to start new. They're more willing to just give their ex all the furniture and the furnishings, or if nobody wants it, they'll give, they'll sell it, they'll give it to goodwill, they'll split, whether it's an estate sale, whether it's with us, whether it's whatever. But I feel like more and more people are really now looking for that brand new fresh start, including a new bedroom set. Yes, well, a bedroom set, maybe more than a living room set, has an additional level of emotional resonance and recollection. And maybe something you would want to replace to start a new relationship, even if you stay in the same home. When we do surveys of our our customers, their number one thing they would like is a new bedroom set. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Do you stay in touch with your customers or is it more just transactional work? Well, now it's transactional. When I started, obviously, I talked to a lot of people and I still talk to a lot of people through divorce coaching, but I don't talk to people who sell things anymore because it's just too big but originally it was really really nice because people would tell me you know I sold my engagement ring and I used that money for a down payment for you know a condo for me and my boys or I sold that and I took a trip to Australia or whatever it was and it was so lovely because you heard these amazing stories of how people took that money and made it something kind of positive and a good memory and a new beginning What's your favorite of those stories? Um, I think the lady who sold her ring and used the money for a down payment on the condo because it was her first house that she had owned by herself with her children. And she was just so proud that she had, you know, done all this to get there. So that was really lovely. That is wonderful. You know, you've said a couple of times so far on the show, Tiffany Beverlyn, that you think that people are moving away from fighting about the furniture and stuff. And so what leads you to say that and why do you think it is? 
I've just heard, obviously, from my divorce clients and our users generally, and then obviously the increase in people selling things and wanting to get rid of things and generally interest in our company. But I think it really is to do with the more kind of minimalistic approach, you know, whether it's minimalism generally or whether it's all the kind of other people out there promoting, you know, get rid of your clutter and how emotionally unhealthy is to kind of live surrounded in too much stuff anyway. I think we're mm-hmm. kind of learning to live with less. And I think that obviously the current situation that we've been in, I think is making you think that even more. I mean, everyone I know right now has a garage full of things that they've sorted <laughs> to get rid of when we all can get out of uh, quarantine. Well, that's true, I think. You know, it's very interesting that we're having this conversation today because last week I've been divorced for a very long time. In fact, I've been remarried for 21 years. And my ex-husband had this uh, cabinet that he had made early in our marriage before we had children. So we're talking decades ago. And he was very proud of it. And he actually, after we got divorced, he remarried and moved to Ireland. And so he left mm. much of his stuff behind. And this cabinet he gave to my son, who stored it here in my house. And my son is you know, in his <laughs> 20s. <laughs> and we sort of moved it around from room to room. And finally, my current husband said, listen, let's just throw this thing out. And both of my children from my first marriage and I were like, no, we should sell it. We should this. And he just put it out on the curb. And I was like, you know what? That's the right thing to do. But I don't think I can stand to watch the garbage man just toss it in the back of the truck. And so I just made sure I was on the other side of the house. But, you know, it's just like, it's kind of an interesting thing. Like I, this, there's a lot of PTSD around this particular piece of furniture for, you know, reasons I don't need Mm -hmm. to go into. But it was it was a big deal to do this. And 21, 22 years later, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. So I think exactly what you're what doing, you yeah. I mean, I think that what you're doing is really helping people free themselves. So, and not only free themselves, but put some cash in their pocket. Absolutely. And what you said, it's it is traumatizing. I have had people say the same thing. I was so worried. I, yeah, I even cried maybe when you get rid of it, but. After that, the sense of relief and freedom and kind of regaining your space and your, you know, life and everything new about it is just so good for you. And you also touched on a really good point that the only time I tell people if they're not sure about selling something that there was their exes, I tell them to ask their children. Yeah. Because so, sometimes the child, you know, obviously it's a memory for them too, completely different one than it is for you or I or, you know, whoever's getting rid of it. But if a child or grown child, in our cases, wants to keep it, then that's fair enough. If they're going to store it themselves, though. There comes a time. (laughs) This is a whole separate show, but there comes a time when they have to stop storing stuff up there at your house. Yeah. (laughs) Or my house. Well, like, well, engagement ring is an example, or or wedding dress. I mean, I asked my daughter if she would ever want my ring or my dress, and she was like, no, (laughs) no, no. (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, maybe that's an individual thing, but I think most, you know, semi-grown children, adolescents don't want anything to do with a used wedding dress. So in terms of the ring, what do you think is the difference, if any, between just going out and just selling it and be done with it, every single piece of it, and having it or having it reworked into another piece of jewelry? 
Do you think there's a difference emotionally? Is there something that you think people should be thinking about when considering the options? Yeah, I think that I think it's individual choice, right? It really depends on what kind of connotations you have associated to that piece of jewelry or that diamond or whatever. And we're not all created equal, obviously. Some people are very sentimental and very attached to jewelry or furnishing or whatever it is. But some people honestly aren't. And if they want to remake it into something else they want and it never crosses their mind, that's great. But if you have any kind of negativity or trauma associated to anything that you're wearing, I really don't think putting it in another setting or you know, piece of jewelry is really going to alter that you know subconsciously, if nothing else, where that came from. I'm Catherine Miller. You're listening to Divorce Dialogues. We're here on WVOX 1460 AM, alternate Wednesdays from 5 to 5.30, or perhaps you're listening on the podcast available on iTunes and SoundCloud. And I'm talking today with Tiffany Ann Beverlin, the founder of Dreams Recycled. And Tiffany Ann, if people are interested in finding out more about Dreams Recycled and more about you, how can they do that? Well, they are welcome to come to dreamsrecycled.com. And there's a contact page there. You can contact me directly through there. And you can also contact me on any of my social media, which I am everywhere, whether it's LinkedIn, Instagram, (laughs) we're everywhere. So just look for us under Dreams Recycled or Tiffany Ann Bevelin. And I'd be happy to talk to you. So you've obviously had a lot of experience with divorce, both your own and many, many clients. What do you think are some good and bad ways to divorce? Well, I certainly think that being spiteful, vengeful, you know, hateful, especially if children are involved, never ends in your favor. Because people often forget that their children grow up and their children are far more intuitive, far more noticing of what's going on. And you can't undo that. So honestly, my personal thing, and Dreams Recycled philosophy, is divorce as healthy as you can. You know, when in doubt, take the high road. When in doubt, you know, be the bigger person. And going back to the things, I mean, to fight over things is really not something to fight about. You know, if it's a legitimate fairness issue with the children, safety, you know, danger kind of things, and money, you know, follow the law. But to just fight for the sake of fighting is the worst thing you can do for your children and for yourself. Well, I can imagine that many of our listeners are are thinking to themselves, well, I'm not fighting just for the sake of fighting. I'm fighting for a good reason. I'm fighting because it's not fair. I'm fighting because I'm right. I'm fighting because he's a jerk or she's a, you know, she flew here on a broomstick or or whatever. (laughs) I'm I'm fighting for a good reason. And it's not just for fighting. And I think what you're saying, Tiffany Ann Revelin, is that you should pick your battles and fight for what really matters, but let the rest of it go. Is that is that right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Because the amount of time, effort, money, energy, and trauma that you're creating, I mean, I've spoken to people and they're in court for eight years or 10 years. I mean, crazy. What kind of life are you having in that decade when your life is dedicated to lawyers and battles and fighting and trauma and all the things that go along with that? I think people have to go, okay, as you said, pick the battles, but what is worth it and what isn't worth it? Because you know, we all have one life. Life is not particularly long for many people, and we have to make the most of it while we can. And at the end of the day, 
spending those years, decades in court fighting over things is really detrimental to your own health, if nothing else. Yeah, I think you're also pointing out that that this isn't a zero-sum game that's just about the divorce. This is about your life, each person's life and the life of your children. And if you look at it from a broader perspective about what you really want in your life and how you want to show up for your kids, that that creates a different perspective and, and makes the fighting really not worth it. And, and not, not for everything. I'm not saying that I don't think mm-hmm. you're advocating that people just lie down and just let the other person just steamroll over them, but that they really think carefully what it is they need to stand up for. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Follow the laws of your county. Stand up for what you think is right and in your best interest, but more importantly, in the best interest of your children. But if it eclipses your entire being for years and decades, you have to let that go. That's no way to live your life. And in fact, some of our clients who we deal with, that's what's happened to them. And they're just so broken from the entire process that they're the people that need the most help returning to normal because they've created that situation where that is their new normal. When you work with clients, is there a process or some advice you give them about choosing a lawyer or going to mediation? What is it that you say to people about that? Well, I think it's very individual. I think it's nice to say everyone should go to mediation and we should all be amicable. But I tell people, and you know, not the people I'm working with, but other people who are kind of judging from the outside in. It takes two people to want to do things amicably and go to mediation, but it only takes one to not want to. One to be hostile, one to want to fight, one to go to trial, and you can't stop it if you're the other one. Unless, like I said, you give in to everything and that's not healthy either. And so I think you have to look at it on a case-by-case basis. But, you know, I think that laws are for a reason. I think your kind of safety net or whatever is that you know your spouse better than anyone else does. And so you should be able to judge them and judge their behavior and what they'll do and pick accordingly. And there are some amazing divorce lawyers, amazing collaborative lawyers and amazing mediators. And I think you have to know, but I don't think, especially if you're the passive one in the relationship, I don't think having a strong attorney will ever do you any harm. And I think that you just have to really know what you're fighting for and more importantly, who you're fighting against. I think that's that's good advice. And, you know, it's so funny because I think people are getting divorced are often surprised to find that their spouse still has the same annoying qualities <laughs> that they had <laughs> when they were getting married. They somehow think, you know, they, they're going to be different. They're going to act in a way that is less irritating for them. But that's, you know, obviously not how that works. Mm -hmm. And sometimes lawyers can be good because they can be your buffer. If your relationship is so broken that you can't even have sit down, have a conversation with each other, you see that especially obviously when one person has done something awful to the other, whether it's cheating, whether it's lying, whether it's, you know, abuse, financial abuse or whatever. Having those attorneys kind of be the buffers between you when you're going through the process, it can actually be really helpful for your emotional health. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. Let your lawyer be a buffer for you without, I think people worry that the lawyer is necessarily going to rile them up and make it worse. And that does happen sometimes. I mean, mm-hmm. make no mistake, that does happen sometimes, but they can also calm things down. Is that your experience? 
Yes, absolutely. If you have if you have the right lawyer, and then you know you let them work for you, it saves you an awful lot of anguish that you feel like you have someone on your side, you have someone going to bat for you, and you more importantly than that, you have someone who actually knows the law, because the biggest thing that I hear all divorcees asking for is they want to know if it's true that their friend Sally's divorce went like this, so mine should go like this. That's so true. That's so true. And we always say no. They got this incredible result or this horrible thing that happened, and they just, you know, want that or they're afraid that that's going to happen. Absolutely. And that's where we turn them over to, you know, obviously attorneys, lawyers who understand the law and can tell them actually what it is, not what they heard from their friend Sally, which is a problem. (laughs) Yeah. So um, in our last minute, uh, Tiffany and Beverly, what advice do you have for people who are thinking about divorce or just starting the divorce process? I would say definitely the first thing you need to do is gain knowledge, whether that's through blogs and articles, reading on the internet, consulting with an attorney, but find out what your laws are in your state, what your laws are for your, per- for your individual uh, situation and go from there because you make much better choices when you're informed. Okay, that's, I think that's really good advice. And that's part of the purpose of this show is to give people that advice. So Tiffany Ann Beverlin, founder and CEO of Dreams Recycled, thank you so much for being our guest on Divorce Dialogues. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.